for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, MidwayUSA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is July 20th, 2021, and today's podcast guest is my good buddy and co-worker, Keegan Zemer. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 170, and today's podcast is a good one, and the reason being it's a good one is because we kind of get into some things that we haven't really talked about much before. Um, I'm not really going to get into it in this intro. I just want you guys to hear it first and foremost. I kind of want it to be like a little secret, I guess. Uh, but you guys get into it. And the com- conversation, honestly, when, when Keegan and I sat down to talk about like different bullet points and what we wanted to talk about, we didn't talk about them. We started talking about one thing and the con- conversation got so good that it was just like, let's just keep going down this train. And that's what we did. Basically, what Keegan and I did, we did a day on my one-acre farm where we did some trail cam stuff. We went out and cut some shooting lanes, and then we did some tree stand maintenance, which was a good thing because I had a squirrel chewed through one of my stands, uh, the straps, and it's been in the tree for about four years now, and I didn't know that he had chewed through it. I knew the stand was it needed to be reset because I knew the tree was like growing into the, the straps and everything. So while he was here, we were doing some filming and everything. I almost like took a tumble out of this tree. Thank God I had my harness on and everything and um, trying to do everything the safe way and the right thing, right way. But uh, that's one thing that we do get into today is tree stand maintenance and why you should be really safe about that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I've known some people that have fallen from tree stands and it's not good. Um, They hunt differently now because... Some of them are paralyzed, and I do not want that for anybody. So definitely check out your tree stands every year. Uh, Make sure everything is up to snuff and dialed in. So that's my little public service announcement, I guess, to start this off. I'm going to get over to this interview with Keegan, and um, hopefully everybody's summer plans are going as planned. Um, I guess real quick, though, I do have a, a, a crop of bucks that are looking pretty solid right now here in Michigan that uh, I cannot wait to start chasing after and telling you guys about. So just going to leave it there. Uh, here's this interview with Keegan, and hopefully everybody enjoys it. 
All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast, and today's guest is here sitting next to me, my good buddy and co-worker, Keegan Zemer. Keegan, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Hey. It's always nice to be to be back that I know, you know, any time could be the last time. So. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, pal. No problem. Today's podcast is... Uh, we don't know where it's going to go yet. No. I wrote down some questions that Keegan has no idea what they are. Nothing nothing that's going to be too on the spot for okay. him. Okay. But uh, if, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, I'm pretty sure we did a podcast explaining where you came from. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're from Wisconsin. You moved to Denver to work for Cabela's. And then you moved to Michigan to work for us. And that's where you're at now. Yep. So, like, born and raised in Wisconsin – now yep. you've been here. How long have you been in Michigan living? Uh, it'll be three years. Three years? This November. This will be your third fall. It might be four. I think it's four, isn't it? I think so. So this will be your fourth fall. That can't be right. 17 was the first year? I don't know. Three or four years. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it as that. <laughs> Oh, this will be kind of a back and forth podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. But we were together today. We went out and hung out on the one acre. We did a whole bunch of work. Um, actually just recorded a podcast for the Humanimal podcast talking about that. So if you guys want to go check out the Humanimal podcast, you can go check that out and see what uh, we did today. And we talk about everything that we did. Um, and the one acre. And the one acre. The one acre story that and we got going good on. it's looking. It's looking phenomenal. Unbelievable. Looks, Looks like really a bouquet good. of flowers. <laughs> it does. Thick and beautiful. <laughs> Thick jungleist <laughs> flowers. Uh, yeah, so there's some things that actually I've never, I don't feel like I've asked you that I just rattled up in my head here that I want to get out there. Okay. If any of them are about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Well, Keegan is a part owner into the Packers, so um, I know you're pretty salty about the whole Aaron Rodgers deal. We won't get into that um, because Aaron Rodgers basically will not play for the Packers this year, in my opinion, which is a good thing for the Lions. So, Mm -hmm. but actually, the Lions have had the Packers number for the last couple years, so I don't even know what I'm worried about. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we get back on track if he's not playing. Yeah, Jordan Love. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Packers and Lions. So, right. I guess the the first question I have for you mm-hmm. is it's I'm going to throw you a softball here. Just, you know, just a wicked 12-foot arc, you know, <laughs> slow pitch, okay. men's league, beer league, whatever you want to call it. In it, what it's what okay, it's like a two-parter. Sure. What kind of whitetail hunter are you? What kind of? Weight? And then I will follow it up with another question. Okay. Wow. What kind of whitetail hunter am I? Um. I think that's probably I've probably evolved in that. Well, um, the reason. Okay. Let me let me preempt here why I'm asking this because you've been bitten really hard by the elk bug. Yeah. And whitetail hunting has kind of taken a back burner. Yeah. I mean, you still do it. Yeah. You know. But I would say from from afar, seeing you and and talking to you every day, elk hunting is your passion right now. It's like you Western and I are hunting. Western hunting. Yeah. You know, you and I are like exact opposites in that in in that aspect of like 
Yep. I mean, I eventually want to go on an elk hunt, but it really hasn't bit me to where I'm like, I need to go yet. Like, I'm still, like, full bore whitetail. So right. that's why I ask you, like, what kind of whitetail hunter are you now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. My The the western bug has bitten me. Um, right now, I would I guess I'd have to say I'm a pretty passive whitetail hunter. Like, I'm, okay. I'm an opportunist when there's opportunity to do it. Um, I'm going to do it. I still, I still love the work that goes into it. Yep. Like I wouldn't come and help you here if I didn't enjoy, right. you know, property management and cutting shooting lanes, putting up stands and food plots and doing all that stuff. Like I've always enjoyed that. So that's one of the things when I, even when I did live out in Colorado that I really missed because you don't do that when it's public land, whatever. So I always traveled home, would help my mom with that. Like, after moving back here, I mean, you, you helped me right away. I established a food plot behind my house. Yep. Live on little, like, 10 acres of woods. and there you, was, own, like, you own 10 acres. Yeah, there's this little meadow area with pines and whatever kind of CRP that, you know, between you and Lee with a tractor and whatever I could do, too, we turned into a food plot, and it's been pretty i haven't shot a deer out of the food plot but it's been pretty successful in bringing deer in so i would say that i still enjoy doing all of that stuff um and i think part of what what you're where you're coming from and also for me is like and i don't mean to to poo poo on on michigan at all is like I've lived in where I am now for two or three years and been running cameras and I've yet to get a picture of like a good solid buck. So but for yeah, me, we pull a trail cam today and yeah, and you have seven <laughs> of them <laughs> like, in, in one video. <laughs> I know. I know. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess some of it probably is just like, I haven't had a ton of opportunity in the past couple of years. I would even go as far as to say, as soon as I moved to Colorado, my opportunity to hunt for whitetail fell off the face of the earth okay if i traveled home to wisconsin it was for a a weekend or a holiday a long or, weekend yep. or like i would go home for gun season every year i love gun season i don't love gun hunting for gun season but yep. similar to here it's like it's a huge deal in it's wisconsin. a camaraderie deal it's just like get yeah. together with people you haven't seen in a while and exactly have a couple beers play some cards and, yep i mean yep. go home that's when I know for sure I'm going to see my mom, I'm going to see my brother, I'm going to see a couple of my buddies, my best friend from high school, you know, hunts with me every single year and we all get together and go see family at different hunting cabins the night yep. before and it's yeah, it's just like it's a whole big it's a big deal. Yep. I haven't shot a I haven't shot a buck. Now, even with all that, like I refuse and this is my personal like a personal thing for me, but I shot a few two and a half maybe three and a half year olds you know in high school early on in college and then kind of got to the point where i'm like i want to take that next step yep and so i i've passed a good fair amount of the two and a half you know looking looking to get bigger than that but i haven't shot a deer during gun season in probably over 10 years and that's since just kansas since Kansas, yeah. So that was <laughs> since Casper, 2019. <laughs> kill 160 inch deer. <laughs> okay, uh, minus Casper, which was that's a whole different thing. In Wisconsin, I haven't seen a deer during like with a gun in my hand. Then I'm like, oh, I, I want to shoot that deer. Right. 
So, you know, part of it where coming home for a weekend, you're kind of hoping to get lucky. You know, same thing. Just I just haven't seen, like I to be honest, I haven't been in a situation in a bow stand um, where my heart has been pumping for a buck. I don't even, you know, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been over 10 years. So, like you said, you're more of like an like an opportunist bow hunter right now because in the way that I'm taking it is, you know, you just really haven't had that opportunity to, like, set roots. I mean, you have roots here in Michigan, but like you said, mm-hmm. your property, you have 10 acres in kind of a lesser area, in, in my opinion. Right. Like, you're kind of surrounded by houses and, yep. you know, and – um you know, you can hunt state land. You have hunted some state land, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into that in a little bit also. But so I guess with that being said, what kind of whitetail hunter do you want to be? Um, like when you sit there and think about it, like, yeah, what, what do you, in a perfect world, what do you want to be? Yeah. In a perfect world where I can put, you know, put the time in and, you know, this is, this sounds bad too, but like everybody produces better when they have incentives right yep like no matter what it is in life if you have an incentive for most people you work harder and you're like oh i'm gonna achieve this because i get that i haven't at least you know where i've been able to hunt and again i know that there's public land there's there's whatever but you've talked about it on here before too just the opportunity sometimes to go and get out in the woods is not probably what people who, you know, think about what we do for a living would expect. Right. Um, I've, you know, been behind a camera and seen some awesome deer and been on some awesome hunts and, and whatnot with you guys. But like, I think where I would like to be is to come across a deer on my property or the property behind me that I have permission on that gets me excited because I know that once that happens, it's there's going to be a switch that flips yep. where we're in proximity. I have an opportunity. You now, have an incentive to go. I have an incentive. Now, how do I get that done? How yep. do I figure that deer out? How do I, you know, how do I do that? So even right now, and where I say I'm an opportunist, I still run trail cameras. I'm still doing the food plots. I still go sit. I still like, I like to take people out with me if I can and introduce them because that brings me a lot of like I love joy, doing that. Happiness. It brings me a lot yeah. of joy and happiness. And if I'm not seeing giant deer or whatever, like I don't care. I bring Christy out with me all the time. I still I enjoy sitting out there. I enjoy being out there. Yep. But if that incentive all of a sudden shows up and then it becomes a game ultimately that's that's where i would like to be when it comes to whitetail you you have the one acre you know the de- like you told me today you're like this is this deer this is this deer this is this deer where you have some history and you mm-hmm. have incentive i want that i just you know currently don't have it and uh i would like to be at that point but i, th- I think it was casey the other day who said you know to shoot big deer you have to have big deer yep so some of that you can't control which is fine but to that same point, like I'm, I'm not going to lower my standard or I'm not going to shoot a, a smaller deer on my property where I live right now just to shoot a deer. Like mm-hmm. I'll shoot a doe. I did that last year. Yep. That was, a, you know, my first, my, I shouldn't say first. It was my, uh, the first whitetail that I've shot with a bow in probably 
six years just for the same reason you know we were talking a bit ago too about you always say you're going to shoot a doe early on in the season and then it never happens yep um that's kind of been the same for me but last year i was like and i i just need to do it just to i haven't been in that situation for a while i've obviously been in it with a couple bull elk now and like you said <sighs> slowing down the situation sometimes it's tough is freaking tough especially for something for me like i said i have that bug and i feel like a blackout <laughs> when it okay. comes to that and so i i wanted like last year when i got in a tree stand it was october or november i believe it was and it was after elk season granted i didn't have an opportunity last year but had a doe that was coming through wasn't gonna shoot her and then she just took her sweet time and i'm like let's you know let's just get back on the board and let's roll let's roll and let's build a little confidence yep. i need meat anyway so super long-winded way of answering that i am no. passive i just i need i need something to like i need the chase right i need yep. that to, to you need start. something to incentivize you i don't even know if that's the right word for it but you need something that you know is there yep. and you want to go after it yeah you know it's like you know, and I've been on your 10 acres and I think it could be something, it would take some work, mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about doing with the one acre, it's kind of that same, like, yep. you know, it's really mature timber. You yep. do have houses around you, not a ton of them, yep. but like if we went in there with a chainsaw and made, you know, knock some trees down and made some cover, like I think even that alone, I'm not saying go knock down three trees. I'm I'm saying go like, let's go knock some trees down right. and like make some diverse edge. And yep. there's no edge in there. There's no, no, you know, it's monotonous timber that like the deer, you're, you're basically have to catch a hot doe, mm -hmm. you know, working through early when it's got, you know, we might have the biggest deer in the area on him. So yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, you just said something and now I can't remember what I was, where I was going with it. You said something about, uh, oh, man, I can't remember. Well, maybe to get you to remember, I would say, too, like, throughout the season, my mom will send me pictures of bucks. Your mom's that, a diehard bow hunter. Oh, yeah. Like, she's a she's probably more into whitetail hunting right now than I am, and actually, she certainly is. But she'll send me pictures, and those get me fired up because then it's like, well, you know, next time I go home at same thing incentive right yep. at least you know it's out there it's right yes i think for anything whatever you do you could be fishing you could be whatever and it's like i think about when my brother and i were little and we were ice fishing my dad had the camera that goes underwater oh, in the yeah. aqua view yeah, yeah and it's like i think he probably just brought that so we could keep you guys invested keep us invested and like oh there's fish down there you yep. know because otherwise it's like you go ice fishing, nothing's biting. And me being a dad, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> you know then I mean? at least the kids are watching. So for me, it's like, yeah, I I, I want to, uh, I guess, be in the game again and and yeah, know, chase a deer and target that. a deer because I don't like to lose. And I if if I latch on, I mean, you know my personality. Like if I latch on to something, usually I'm, I'm going to do it. And right. So... No, that makes total sense. God, I cannot. It didn't jog my memory, <laughs> but I guess it is what it is. Um, uh, yeah, I just had a brain fart. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it! But anyway, um, so we kind of hit on the you know what kind of white tail hunter you are and, and what you 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 want to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
you know, we we live in Michigan now, and there there are big deer here. Yes, relatively, like it, it's it's kind of hard to explain if you know you go to Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, like if you were to ask me what's a big deer to you out there, hundred and hundred and fifty inch deer is a big deer out there to me. Yeah. You ask me what a big deer here is for me here mm-hmm. in Michigan is a hundred and twenty inch deer, hundred and thirty inch right. deer. That's a big deer to me. Yep. Um oh I know what I wanted to say. Sure. So like you had talked about I'm gonna come back to this this what I just said. But you had talked about um you know the blackout stage oh, like yeah. w- you haven't had that feeling in a tree mm-hmm. it made me think of something you know i've killed some good bucks out of state i've mm-hmm. killed some good bucks here in michigan i've screwed up on good bucks in michigan in recent years for some reason i don't know what it is when i am out of state and the caliber of deer is bigger and the deer i've killed are bigger mm-hmm. i am more calm that's interesting i don't know why and I I come back here to Michigan, uh-huh. and I have last year that deer, Tynes Wars, probably 115-inch deer. Yep. You know, a, a big, tall, tight nine-point. Yep. I was freaking out, <laughs> okay? And I ended up whiffing the shot. Back in 2007 or 18, it was 18, I think, when I had Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott was one good side and the other side was a spike. You know, he was just kind of a shit rack deer. A lot of the neighbors passed him up because they were like, ah, he's not a cool deer. But if he would add both sides, he'd have been a Pope and Young deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I shot him, I rushed it, hit a high. I was shitting razor blades. Yep. Like I was just, I don't know why I get that way here. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can probably point it to is that like, I've grown up here my whole life. You know, the biggest year I've ever killed here in Michigan, if you want to go score-wise, is a 126-inch eight-pointer. Okay, That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a good deer, you yeah. know. Um, like, and it doesn't happen every year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I always I say it all the time. You work up to that one opportunity a year. You're going to get one opportunity. If you get yep. two then you've worked your butt off and like you you've been lucky this year. Mm-hmm. But the one opportunity, that's what you're working for. And I feel like it just culminates to like there's a Rolodex that goes around your head when he's walking and it's like how much work have you done? And it just goes through, you know, like yeah. goes back to like the springtime when you're shed hunting or you're frost seeding in, you know, you're hinge cutting in the winter and putting cameras out in the summer and you're scouting and it's like you know, it's just going go yeah. go go go. Yeah. And it's like I got to make this happen. I got to make it happen, you know, yeah. and it's just like Screw it up. Yep. You know, I don't – that's where I need to slow the situation down. Out of state, I haven't had – knock on wood, please, I hope I don't have an issue. Yeah. But, like, for some odd reason, the caliber deer are better and mm. I'm calmer. Yeah. I don't know why. No, I, I think I think a lot of it is that lead up and the anticipation, right? Like, where I've had that – on three different bulls same thing it's not that i black out but it's slowing down the moment leading up to it Mm -hmm. that i haven't done well and i think it's exactly what you're talking about because in each of those situations it's been you know day four or five or whatever day three four five it's never the first day or whatever so you're already out there and you have again your lead up here it's frost seeding or 
you know, doing all the things that you need to do to get to that process. And then all of them so far have been chasing, like following a, a herd, deer. following yeah. a herd, you know, whatever. And like the, the most recent one was, you know, chasing bugles for over an hour, just feeling like you were right there, right there. And then all of a sudden I'll never forget it. It was with David's brother. We, we got down into this little valley where there was a creek coming through and it rolled up onto a pine knob on the other side. And he was screaming like this whole time, like I said, just screaming, screaming, screaming. And we're like ducked down in there and it's like, he's got to be here. And all of a sudden he screamed and just like crested the hill and was like looking down. So majestic. Us. So majestic. And we're like, okay. And then he turned and his brother's just like, go. And I start like just running up the hill and all of a sudden I get to the top of the hill and just hear feet just stomping on the ground. And I look and the, the cow whirled and she took off and the bull thought we were another bull. And he was to my right. And I'm like under a pine tree and he's 15 yards away walking, you know, on the other side of these pine trees. And I'm like, okay, this, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. I, I draw and he had to clear a branch or a tree out there, 30 yards, maybe, <laughs> And, uh, it was just like, I knew what I needed to do, but again, I didn't stop. I, I didn't range. I guessed the tree. I, I drew back. I waited as soon as he cleared the tree, didn't stop him, shot and never found him. Mm -hmm. Same thing. It's just like, you know, being more in control and trying to get, trying to get yourself in your own brain and in your own mind and slow that entire thing down, I think yeah. is a, is a product of exactly what you're talking about and it's the lead up to everything because you're like well i worked my ass off and now i need to execute but you're not doing the things that you right. practice doing when you're shooting in the backyard that you like you know you need to do well and i think something now that we're kind of talking this through this is the first time i've ever really had this conversation like this but now that we're talking this through like that is part of it but i think i get too emotionally attached to a deer mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah okay so the big six, I had him last year. I wanted to kill him last year. Mm -hmm. Had an encounter with him at 80 yards one morning. Didn't get an opportunity. I'm, had pictures of him all summer. Yep. You know, saw him a lot from the stand. Mm -hmm. Just never could get him close enough. Um, he shows up now. And, I mean, you've seen how big he is. He's big. Big. You know, and he's. I think he's probably a four-year-old. Yep. Like, I'd bet a lot of money on this year that he's a four-year-old. Yeah, for and, sure. I'm starting to feel that emotional attachment, like, like that's my deer, and mm -hmm. I I hate that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not yeah. that it's my deer, but it's like I would never say that. Like, it's not right. that it's my deer. It's just like I want it. I want it. Some like your incentives. It's an incentive. I want them so bad mm -hmm. that when I do get that opportunity, I'm probably gonna turn to a ball of mush. Yeah, and everything's gonna go out the go out the window. Yep. You know, and it's like I look back at the deer on the wall. Okay. Mm -hmm. That deer right there on the right, I knew about that deer. Um, he was a Michigan deer. He was a 118-inch deer. I shot, shot him with my bow. Um, I knew about him from that summer, filmed him. But when I saw him that morning or that night, I was sitting in the tree. He came in so quiet. I heard a twig snap. He's already underneath me, wow. right underneath my tree. Yep. I looked down. I'm like, holy shit, it's him. <laughs> And he runs out. He kind of knew. He had like a sixth sense. He's uh -huh. like, man, something's not right. You could just tell. 
he runs out like 10 yards. He, I mean, he worked right in to the pocket like that I needed, and he kind of looped at 18 yards. He stopped himself. He was calm. I mean, double lung. He ran 150 yards maybe, piled up. Like it was p- complete pass-through. Unbelievable. This deer right here, this is my biggest Michigan deer. He was, I never knew anything about that deer. I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, I look over here, he's come running through the timber. I had enough time to stop him and shoot him. Like, it was just, you know, dropped him right there, you know. That deer right there, Missouri deer, he's uh, just over Pope and Young. That deer, never knew anything about that deer. You know, I was hunting a different deer, and that deer showed up, and I loved him. Double lung, he ran 60 yards, piled up with a bow. That deer right there, I knew that deer from the day before. That's a Missouri deer. You know, yep. he showed up again, and I'm like, did not expect to see him right there. Yep. And he came to, like, 22 yards, shot yep. him, double lung. He ran six yards with a bow. Yeah. And then that's crazy. another Missouri deer I had rattled him in, blind rattle, never knew he was there. Come to 32 yards, shot him, double lung, yeah. done. That Kansas buck right there, you know, never knew anything about that deer. We get in the stand, we're there six minutes, he walks underneath yeah. me, I shoot him, you know. Yeah. And it's like... I go back to like Jim Abbott. I knew about that deer for three years yep. in Michigan. Watching him the whole year. Watching him the whole year. Yep. You know, he comes through walking, never knew I was in the world, 32 yards. He mm-hmm. was coming through my last hole. I stopped him and I put it on him, hit him high, high shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, he lived the rest of that year, got hit by a car. <laughs> Tyens Ward, you know, same thing. Like, that deer, he just tickled my fancy. He just, I knew about him in the summer. Yeah. Tons of pictures of him. Knew, figured I knew where he was living. Saw him like four times from the truck. Yep. I'm like, oh, I, I got to go in. Went in that night, missed him. It was a long shot, 46 yards. Yep. I stopped him when he had no care in the world. He ducked my arrow, whatever. I mean, I've got every excuse in the book. I, I'll tell you them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like. I need to get over that barrier, that emotionally de- emotionally attached barrier. Yeah. That like th- almost throws another another element in it. Yeah. And I, and that doesn't need to be in it. Right. And and kind of what you just described too is you're going around to these deer too. One one theme that I noticed, and I think again it it applies, and it's just in the end it's being better, right? It's being right. more disciplined, whatever. But is like most of these deer that you described were in there and you didn't have time it was on it was like okay being was the same way i need to make this happen yep. right now you yeah. know what i mean you didn't have you didn't have a lead up you didn't watch him come from across the field from 200 yards away where you get yourself psyched up and whatever that is um and again it's like you said it's an excuse but you know two of the three bulls that i've shot wounded haven't found 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 the one the next year whatever have been like Chase, 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 chase. Yep. And then all you're, of a sudden, you're almost like getting emotionally attached. Then, yeah, you know. It's just, yeah, it's it's. Uh, granted, I may not have seen them until the moment of. You're like, yeah, the whole time you're like, okay, this we, I've been chasing this for so long now. Like this needs to happen. Whereas, you know, like you just described all these here, it's like twig snap, deer's there. Well, now it's muscle memory. It's what have I been doing? You're all playing summer? the hot corner. And you just got a BB hit at you. Yep, you know what I mean? You react. react. You freaking grab your bow. You get ready. You draw back. You do You know. You know. do what you have been training for the entire year. And you have no vest. I mean, at that point, even if it is a deer that you know, him, you know, right? 
you knew about that deer from a couple of days ago, but all of a sudden Casey goes, he's right here. Like, 17 yards. You pick up your bow and you go. You know what I mean? Like, Well, even my Kansas buck last year with the gun. Mm-hmm. You know, Wilson, he was like, Lee and I were sitting there. I literally looked to my right, and here comes a doe running, and he's on her tail. Mm-hmm. And I had just enough time to go, Lee, shoot her. He grabbed the camera. I grabbed the gun. I Before I even had the gun up on him, I yelled out the blind to get yep. him to stop. Yep. You know, I knew it was a big deer. Didn't know who it was. Yep. Knew it was a big deer. Put it on him. I mean, what was it? 300 and, oh, 290. Was it 290 or 390? Like I think 290. I think it was 290. Yeah. Put it right on him. Doosh, right through. I mean, right through the bread basket. Yep. And he ran 40 yards and piled up. You yep. know, same thing. It's like. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I think you just don't let your mind get in the way when it's like super boom, boom. Right. got to make a snap reaction. And that's almost better. And kind of how I hope it happens. <laughs> you know, next time I have an opportunity, whether it's a, a bull or a buck or whatever, because I say that, but at the same time, I need to work on that. I need to get better at that. Sounds need like it. you yes. do too. It's like, how do you practice other than being in that situation? So it's just, you know, if I have to watch a, a deer or a bull or whatever come this year, I just need to tell myself, calm down, breathe, do what you've, you know, do what you have been working at the entire summer yeah. while you're shooting your bow or you're working out or whatever it is. Like you're ready for this. It's time to execute. You know, and I feel like, for me anyway, and I, I would guess a lot of listeners out there listening to this would probably agree, like, when I get into the fall, I feel like it goes by so fast. So fast. You know what I mean? I always feel like I'm in a rush. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I need to be in my stand at, let's just say, 3 o'clock. Yep. Okay. I need to leave I, by. <laughs> well, you feel like you, you know, let's say it's a 15-minute drive, but you're leaving at noon, and you're feeling like you're rushed, yeah. and you have so much time in the world, yep. you know? It's like, I always feel like I'm rushed. Yeah. And it's, even when I think feel like when I get to the stand and get everything set up and you sit down, you're like, I always feel like my head's still going. Like, yep. it's still, I mean, just slow down. Like, yep. I need to learn how to slow everything down, not even from the shot execution, just, like, decision-making, like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, oh, I gotta go, you know, yeah. like, oh, like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Yeah. It, like, just slow down. I wish I had more like patience. Yeah. You know, and like I always tell myself I'm a passive hunter that mm-hmm. I have patience. I don't I don't I'm not aggressive enough. Which I think is true, but I always feel like I'm rushing though. It's yeah. kind of weird. No, it's 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 so true cuz even like you said you get in the stand and then you wait wait wait, but you in the meantime you're wanting golden hour to get there. Right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I need it to get here, and then it's here, and it's like, okay, now something needs to happen, mm-hmm. and yet the whole time you're waiting, waiting, waiting. Something yes. needs to happen. Like, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it's something that I definitely want to work on for sure. Is like just that slow the moment down, you know. And I thought I had it figured out, and I think I do. It's just you know, like I said, out of state. Like I just for some reason it just yeah, but. I, I, I need to slow the whole moment down and just, just, just do better. Yeah. Just be better. No, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Just be better. Do what you do, what you do, do what you practice and you'll be fine. Yeah. But easier said than done. Just keep working. 
Yeah, I I agree. I'm 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 reading some questions here. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go next with this because I didn't expect to get into the emotionally attached thing. I just thought it was a good conversation and and uh, I think a lot of people will relate to that. Will relate to that. Yeah, because it's if you don't have that feeling. Granted, people are better at managing it than I am, and probably you are too. Everybody's at a different level when it comes mm-hmm. to that. If you don't feel that, you probably shouldn't be hunting. So. I agree. I agree 100%. I guess the next next thing I want to go to is mobile hunting. That's a big topic. I started talking about it a lot last year. It's something that I've really tried to like adapt. Adopt? I said adapt like a couple podcasts ago again <laughs> about this, I think. Adopt. Yeah, anyway, mobile hunting, because you and I were just kind of going my mobile setups right there behind you, and you were talking to me about that, and that's something that you want to get into as well. So, like, where is your mobile hunting career at? (laughs) I don't even want to call it career, but (laughs) what stage are you at? Like, you know, what kind of mobile hunter are you? What kind of, you know, is it set stand? I know you set a lot of set stands, but, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't done a ton of it. Uh, when I was in high school, I got a, tri- a climbing tree stand. Yeah. So that's been probably the extent I have a like a I don't even know what you'd call it a fanny pack type thing with a cross in the back where it's almost like uh, suspenders that go over the top. Okay. Uh, that's set up for mobile hunting and using that. So it's got you know bow. I've hang- never heard of that. A bow hanger. What do you mean? A like fanny a, pack? Well, it's like a I've almost heard of like a, a fanny pack. Yeah, it's almost like a belt that goes around where it's got stuff on the sides. It's like a hanger harness, but a but a belt that goes around with okay suspenders that come over the top. It so it's almost like front. a tool belt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly like that, but it's a camo. I don't. I guess I don't know what else to call it. Okay. It's got you know zippers and yep. whatever, and uh, I have that set up where it's got a you know. A bow rope, um, you know, screw in bow hook, everything like that I would need for that. Yep. Um, I used it a little bit just, I think, out of like, oh, I have a mobile climbing stand and I use that in Wisconsin a little bit, even on the, even on the property. If it was like, I want to go try out this new area, like down the ridge, I've never sat down there before. So I'm going to grab the, the climber instead of going down there, setting a stand, coming back tonight grab the climber, go down and check out a new year. Yeah. So I've done that a fair amount in college. So wait a second, you can sit in this little harness deal that you have? No. It's, oh, okay. It's just, I guess what I'm saying just is Just for like, like accessories. Accessories, okay. yeah. You know, it's got my, my bull rope, it's got whatever. Yep. I wear it while I'm climbing up. Sure. I get up in the stand and I put it on a hook. Instead of a backpack, it's just, gotcha. you know, it's a mobile. Who makes this? I, I think it's like an old Gander Mountain thing so they probably don't even make them anymore it sounds kind of intriguing i'll yeah i'll send you a picture i'm sure somebody makes it's honestly it's a lot like that kafar that you just got except it goes all the way around and it's got pockets and everything okay. on the sides so i'll tell you what that kafaro i got <laughs> mm-hmm. could be the best backpack yeah so i'm a big i don't know what do you, what do you call it like it's a it's not a it's lumber ca- it's lumber, like a lumber pack, lumbar lumbar pack, pack maybe yeah. it's the hellcat um it's if I if I remember right, it's fifteen hundred cubic. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing, for the lack of a better word, is fucking badass. <laughs> this thing, and so I'm a big lumbar pack guy. Like I don't use typically. I mean, you might. I have a Tenzing, that's like a day pack. Yep. I'll use it every once in a while, 
But the only reason why I don't like using it is because you put it on. It's like a it's like a school backpack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's a day pack. Good pockets and everything. But the only like the biggest downfall of it is like it like when you walk to the stand, you sweat a little bit and you feel like you have sweat up your back all yep. the time. Yep. So I've been using another Tenzing, the Tenzing. 1250 i think it's called the 1250 or something like that it's a lumbar i've been using it for six years okay and been using it for filming hunting everything it was my versatile pack it's been a great pack Mm -hmm. it blew out on me this last fall and i'm like i need a new one well ten uh came out with this hellcat and mother of mary is this thing (laughs) the cat's ass this thing, I mean, you basically got to take out a house loan for it. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, well, actually, it was like 270 bucks. Yeah, it's it's a lot best. of money, but it's a lifetime warranty on them. Yep. Um, this thing is gonna be perfect for filming, day pack, hunting. Doesn't matter. It's, I just like sit it in the corner of the room and just look at it, yeah. kind of thing, That's because it's it. so and it's so comfortable. It's padded. It just feels nice. It does. And for people who don't know what Kafaro is, it, like, look at them. Like Aaron said, you're gonna you're gonna have to take out a second mortgage. But made yeah. in America. That's also all made why. in America. Yep. Hand sewn in America. All their components yes. are from here. the The company is super badass too. They're actually out of Colorado, and their customer service, like, whether you go on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, if you have an issue, the owner is putting his cell phone number out there for you. Aaron Snyder. Yeah. To yeah. be like, call me, we'll figure it out. Yep. So and Keegan turned me on to it and he's got a couple Kafaros. Casey uses Kafaro. Lee does. I think Adam might have one Adam now too. One. Yeah. Um but like they're modular systems, which is really cool too. And yeah. what that is is like the Molly loops. Molly loops and, you know, stuff where you can change this pouch onto your other one and you know. Yeah. So this Hellcat has like a big pouch and then it's got two side pouches, and it's got a belt that goes around, and it's got molly loops all over it. So you can customize with it straps with too. shoulder straps. Yep, and that's it's not just like a fanny pack; it's got shoulder straps also. Um, but it's comfortable. It like contours my body good. I just can't wait to use it. I think it's going to be dynamite. But yeah. I don't even know where we're going with this whole thing. You, that's kind of how my oh your my yes, lumbar yes, pack yes, that yep. you're so interested yep. in. Um, but to yeah to continue on the mobile thing, um, I did a little bit of it when I was in college. Not near enough. Looking back on it, I I went to school in La Crosse, yep. Mississippi Valley, in the Bluffs, and I that is a, one of the biggest regrets of mine is not doing a lot more public land hunting while yep. I was there. I had, I mean, I was in you know, I was in the Bluffs like. There's huge deer there. The history of Wisconsin, and to me, like when I think of Wisconsin, Buffalo County, bluffs, yes. like yep. hills, like I was in all that. But like we've talked about before, not on your podcast. I think you know, I, around from 2010 to 2014, public land was not what it is now. No, and it's like I have private land, even though it's a three-hour drive. I'm going home this weekend, yes. and I'm going to hunt at home and yep. whatever. I regret that. But I guess since then, you know, just looking at some of the stuff with you, uh, you're a little bit further ahead than I am on my mobile hunting journey. It's just, you know, cutting weight and looking at things, whether it's a a harness, you know, I'd yeah. like to at least try one just to see if it's a 
comfortable how I like it. Yep. You know, because it seems like you eliminate a a, a product or something in there because you're already wearing a safety strap. So if you can just wear that anyway and then right be hanging in the tree, but who knows? It might be uncomfortable. I don't know. So for me, it's just been I'm in a heavy research phase right now. And, I am too. And tinkering and yep. You know, uh, you were showing me your sticks and you know mods that you're making to them to make them lighter and no buckles so they don't clank and. Yep. And that's where I am too, is just like, okay, I want to get a setup that I'm really confident in and, you know, it straps to my pack or whatever. And I'm dialed because if you are going to do that, you're walking in the morning, headlamp, whatever, and it's probably dark and you don't know where you're going and then you need to get up a tree. And I mean, that needs to be an extension of your body at Second that point. Second to nature. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that's where I am is I'm trying to dial it in, dial it in and get a system but right now it's kind of trial and error. I'm learning. I'm looking. I mean, last year you and I probably sent 30 videos. Oh, my gosh. Whatever, back and forth, just on like, oh, check this one out. You know, check yeah. this out. So so many. And that's the thing. Like, I think the biggest learning curve for me last year was just getting my system down. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to the tree, the base of the tree, yep. what's your system? Yeah. Like, and I've totally changed it from last year than what it is this year. I'm using different sticks. Yep. I'm using you know, different, like you said, rope mods. I'm using a different aider system. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I haven't even practiced with it yet. Yeah. I need to start practicing with it outside. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, I don't know. I'm using the Millennium M7. To me, a stand is unbelievable. I'm having a tough time trying to figure out how I want to put my, like attach my sticks to the stand. Mm-hmm. I really need, that's my next like big hurdle is I got to try to figure that out. Yeah. So if anybody out there runs, an M7 and sticks for mobile, like shoot me some pictures or shoot me a DM or something. Let me know how you're attaching everything to your stand. Um, Because then I need to try to figure out how to attach my pack to my stand. So I don't know. It's It's all a process. It is. That's the fun part too is, is learning it. And then, like you said, you got to have it down. And so, yeah. We'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. If yeah. you figure it out, you let me know. Yeah, and if people exactly. send you pictures, <laughs> yeah, you better forward them to me. So. I know. That's, and that's, I'm going to do a lot more of it this year. Like I said, I mean, we just, the one acre, all those stands are set. I mean, there's not a ton of options. Mm-hmm. There's options to where if I do see a deer scouting, like in-season scouting, and I have to make a move, I've got my mobile set up, you know. Mm-hmm. But my, my family farm, Big Woods, it's mobile. Yeah. Like, it's I'm not even going to hang a stand up there probably this year. Um, I say that and then I'll hang two or three, but mobile most of the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, kind of going through my notes here. I guess in your eyes, like with the mo- staying on the mobile hunting thing, what is what is the biggest benefit to you and mo- why to mobile hunt? Um. I'm going to say, uh, even if you're hunting on private land, kind of like I said before, is the opportunity to go in, you know, the night of or something, if you want to check out a new area, and that's your disturbance. You're not going in, making noise, yep. putting up a tree stand, and then coming back in where you could potentially kick something. It is, you're walking in with it on your back. This is the area I want to check out. There's a good tree. 
unclip your backpack at the bottom and get up and in and you're ready to go. If it's, you know, if it's public land too, it's like, I mean, the same thing. Where do you want to go? Because you can do it. Right. Especially with, with these type of systems. Again, I I have one of the old climbers too that up until this point, that's pretty much what I've been rocking. And you're walking on public and you're like, uh, nope, that tree has branches. Can't get up past yep. that. Can't do that one. It's too crooked. You know, can't whatever. But You got to have a telephone pole. Yeah. These, these things and like the advancement of, you know, climbing sticks that you can, I mean, I've seen some of the sets that you and Casey put up last couple of years where it starts on this tree it ends up on that tree over there <laughs> or the the you know the trunk that v's out this yeah. way and does 180 degrees around the tree to where the stand ends up and that's to me also a huge benefit is and that's where you killed casper <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it is you know it's like any tree is an option in almost any area yeah and uh like i said too just they're so much smaller. I mean, I, I granted my climber is an old one, but it is a behemoth and you walk in and it's clanking and then you get there, you got to pull your plugs out, throw your thing around the tree, get it back in, snap it in. And then climbing a tree too. Like, Trying to be quiet. You can say, I'm sure you'll have somebody that message you go, well, I'm, I'm really quiet in my climber. And it's like, good for you. I am not, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. I try to be, don't get me wrong, but you know, something can happen. One of the mods I made on mine was, uh, just took parachute cord, probably about an eight foot piece and tied it from the top to the bottom. And that stays on there all the time. Oh, yep. Um, because I climbed all the way up and it was actually on my property. The first time I ever hunted it, I didn't have a stand hung. So I got in there, screwed in my bow rope, um, or no, got up to the top, put my backpack, clipped it on turn around and sat on that bar that goes around yeah took my feet out and reached like this and was screwing in my bow rope and all of a sudden the bottom slid all the way to the bottom of the tree <laughs> so here i am sitting on the top bar of my climber i i am strapped into my you know my safety harness and everything that's up on the tree above me and i'm like i look down and it's probably you know 15 15 feet 20 feet down below me I have the top and I have my safety harness and I'm like, so what are we doing here? <laughs> Just hanging out up there. And I ended up grabbing my safety harness, clipping it below the bottom part or the top part and like hugging the tree and shuffling all the way down to the bottom. And I got down to the bottom, put my feet back in, use a lineman's rope, like a top portion and climb back up. But, you know, at least now with the with the rope, if that happens, it's only fallen six feet, right. and I'll just grab it and pull it back up. But, yeah, I, just, like, the ability that it's smaller, it's quieter, and there's so much more versatility, I think, in a mobile setup as opposed to anything else that's, like, a permanent set. Yeah. And you don't lose that much comfort anymore right. either in these things. Like, yeah, they've come a long way. Millennium it, has the best seat system out there. It's awesome. Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah. they've that seat that they have is it's second to none. It's the most comfortable seat there is. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I mean, in everything too, like their turkey chairs. That it's that it's that seat system, like you said, too. Yep. So comfy. Yeah, definitely, and so light. That M7 is. Literally, I want to say mine's eight pounds dry, you mm -hmm. know, with nothing else on it. Yep. It's 
nice. I mobile hunted with it last year, and it was it's great. And even if, like, Casey and I want to, if he's hunting and we want to go do a mobile setup or something like that, or if there's one stand hanging somewhere, we need to double it with a with a cameraman stand, M7, man, put it on and, and go. Yep. You know? Yep. So. And their brackets, like, I'll say that, too. The, their bracket The bracket system, system that they yeah. have where, you know, you could potentially leave your your M7 at the bottom of the tree attached to a rope that's on your hip that's or something like that. That's what I like do that. when I'm hunting. Yeah, and, you know, do all your steps, get all the way up, and you have a, essentially you have a ratchet strap at that point that you're putting around the tree with that bracket, yep. and you pull your stand up, drop it in, put the pin in, and you're hunting. That's exactly what I do. Like, last year I had a removable aider, so I had, like, you know, I would I'd go up a step, I'd put an aider on, and then, like, it's kind of hard to explain when you're listening, but when I would mo- when I'd go up the next step, I'd have to reach down and grab that aider and pl- clip it on the next step up. So this year I'm putting aiders on each one of the steps. But when I'd get up there, I would take that bracket and I'd you know ratchet it down, get it ready. In, in the bracket system, if you've never checked it out, everybody listening, go to Millennium's website and you'll see like they have a female receiver that. It, ha- it comes with a ratchet on it, but I bought a, like a, um, cam buckle strap, like it, you just pull, like a pull tight strap. Yeah. And I bought a $12 climbing. It's like a mountaineering thing. Yeah. It's like a, I can't remember what it's called now. It's like six inches maybe with a carabiner on, a climbing carabiner on one end. And I made a mod to that to where it eliminated the ratchet strap Mm -hmm. and i can still cinch it down real tight but anyway i'll get up there put that in cinch it in and then i've got um a rope a bow rope hooked to my harness Mm -hmm. i've actually got two bow ropes one's got my bow on the one side my other one's got the stand i pull the stand stand up lock it in or clip it in get up in the stand i'm still attached and usually I'll put my backpack, I'll take it off my uh, my stand when I get to the base of the tree, mm-hmm. put it on my back, mm-hmm. climb, do everything, get up there, put my bow hanger in, everything, and then pull my bow up and yep. hunt. Yep. Like, that's kind of my system. Yep. I guess the biggest thing I'm changing this year is my sticks. Yep. You know, my sticks and the rope pods, So Yeah. No, yeah. it's a it's an ever-evolving process, and if you think you got it down pat, then... Yeah, send Aaron a message. Yes. Like we, we would like to know. <laughs> Definitely. I'm kind of all the questions. I think you might have had some. I thought you'd, you wouldn't tell me what they were. Yeah, I actually wrote down a couple here because you said you were going to surprise me. So this is one that while we're talking mobile hunting, <laughs> I'm going to take it in a different direction. And I, I feel like it's been a trend over the past year or two. Neither of us have them. But what are your thoughts on mobile hunting rigs and if you were going to have one i guess describe like a, like, it what do you me. mean like a rig like uh, uh like do you, a van a oh bus okay. a trailer do you want a camper would you e-bike an e-bike i want an e-bike so bad okay that's the only thing i want right now okay and so if there's any e-bike companies out there listening, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. Um, for the one acre especially. I mean, you've been mm-hmm. there. Now that I'm going to be living on there, mm-hmm. um, my, my property is ag fields all over. There's crops all over. I could take an e-bike 
mm-hmm. and go down a bean row and not touch a bean. Yep. You know, like, and I want an e-bike so bad. Yeah. So I'll be that guy. Yeah. I'll t- like, I want one, and I, <sighs> I don't want to pay for one. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I do want an e-bike. Um, last year, I used my pedal bike a couple times mm-hmm. up at my family farm, but it is. I mean, it's, it's tough when you got all your stuff on. It's tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's even like a little five percent grade. It feels like freaking a mountain. You yep. know what I mean? You got a pedal. Yeah. But uh, e-bike. That's what I want. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you have one? Uh, I I was thinking a different direction with it, but I think like I want. I've done a lot of car camping and stuff like that where, you know, set a blow up uh, sleeping pad in the back of the, I used to have a Jeep commander, old Jeep commander where I could Mm -hmm. lay down in the back and I had a cooler and a bin, you know, so eventually I think it would be really cool for out of state trips to you know, like we're talking, mob- it's mobile hunting where you. Have I do want to do a. I want to convert a cargo trailer. That's and that's kind of what I was yeah. more. What I was asking is like, would it be a cargo trailer? Would it be a camper? Would it be whatever? And I do think that something like that would really be the ticket. And right now, I, I don't know if that would be a van, like a longer yep. van where you could have everything in that, or if it would be best to have it be like a cargo trailer. You know, you have your truck, you pull that, you drop it. Uh, and I, I've seen some really cool ones recently where people are, you know, essentially you frame up whatever you want in yep. like a snowmobile trailer. Mm-hmm. And you have like a livable camper, you know, with a, a workbench at the front. Yep. And you have all that stuff. And I think that's super cool. And, and, you know, maybe you're building hooks and whatever to hold now your mobile, you know, tree stand yep. and all your gear and whatever, like, of one day i want a cargo trailer and the reason why is because i can make it to where when i come back from that trip all my hunting stuff can stay in there and locked you know what i mean that's a good idea so it's like call it's also my hunting shed yeah you know what i mean like if you want to store your stuff in there all year like you could yep you know like that's my mobile rig like i want a cargo trailer so bad my dad's got an old one um that i've talked about like converting but it's like for me to stand up in it, I'm not the tallest guy, but for me to stand up in it, like I kind of have to bend down a little bit. But I mean, realistically, how much are you using it? You're using it to sleep and kind of get out of the elements and yeah. like, you know. So, I want to do a cargo trailer. Yeah. How big is the one that he has now? Because <sighs> you don't want one too big, right? I like know. If you're going to public land anywhere, I want to say it's a twelve footer. See, that'd be about perfect. I want to say, but it doesn't have a door on the side, but you could always put a door on the side. It's got yeah. a door on the back. Yeah. Yeah. I the I used to absolutely be positive that it was a van or in the back of like a pickup truck wanted to, yep. you know, build some inserts and whatever, which still would be nice. It's probably more feasible for early on and easy to like make yeah. happen now. But I, the more that I do see like, you know, the cargo trailer, some people are buying those old, like, you know, the circle, almost circle or oval yes. old campers. Yep. Those seem to be coming back too. And people are transforming. Yeah. Yes. Like an Airstream type yep. thing where people are transforming those into a, a hunting rig. I think Casey got one last year. Oh, yes. Like yep. a little yep. camper like that. Yep. You know, that'd be perfect too. 
the only thing you ever worry about with some of those is clearance. But again, you beef them up a little bit and right. whatever. But yep. that was that was my question just because I, I see it as like a trend and everybody's starting oh, yeah. to do it. And I'm like, I want to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, The other one here. Yeah, but if, if anybody out there has an e-bike company <laughs> and they're listening, uh, I do have a, a good story running on our website and on our TV show. So you will get some uh, some love some on love. an e-bike. So yep. if you want to do a podcast, reach out to me. Yep. If anybody knows anybody. Looking for an e-bike. Yep. So just looking for a connection. Yep. All I want is a connection. <laughs> just a fr- trying to make a friend. <laughs> <laughs> looking for a friend. <laughs> trying to make a friend. Um. All right. This one is. Uh, I don't think I've ever asked you before, and you know, you gave me the caveat at the beginning that I could bounce any of these back, or yep. you could decide not to answer them. But I have a question coming for a cameraman. Okay. within the industry and I want to know two things what is your favorite thing about being a cameraman and what is your least favorite thing about being a oh cameraman oh my gosh I've never been asked this before <laughs> seriously yeah wow what is my favorite thing about being a camera guy <laughs> oh man I know that you're Aaron is much more than just a camera guy there's he's a difference a, between a camera guy and a field producer yeah he's a producer he's <laughs> But for most people, if I were like, if I just said, "What's your favorite part about being a field producer?" People really wouldn't people know what that wouldn't is. Wouldn't know what that yeah. is. So, um, man, favorite thing about it, I would say. So there's a lot of pressure on you, but it's like different pressure. Like, um, I like having. I don't know how I'd equate it to like. We talked about the emotional attachment, and that's kind of like the pressure, like pressure of killing something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um honestly now that i think about it my favorite thing might be it might be looking at a hunt through a different lens no pun intended Mm -hmm. um you know when you're going in for a hunt and you're the hunter you're thinking about like things you know what I mean? Scenarios. Mm-hmm. I think about that as well, but I think about them differently as far as like, how am I going to position myself to when, if a deer shows up here and I don't have to move cause I don't want to get busted. Um, s- like approaching a hunt differently is kind of cool to me, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, and then in the same breath, I would say, you know, bringing a story to life, on just a mega giant, like, you know, the majestic lion or, um, uh, Megatron, mm-hmm. you know, the deer that Casey killed in Illinois, the 18 days that we chased that deer. Yeah. Like that was so cool. Yeah. yeah uh, and then strong arm was another, like when it all comes together, like, you know, you set out a goal to kill a deer mm-hmm. and you do it you almost feel like you killed that deer. Like I've been fortunate enough to film a 208 inch mule deer die with a bow, a 183 inch whitetail, 175 inch whitetail, 166 inch whitetail, 163 inch whitetail. Like in like a lot of kind of like in between, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that. A moose in, in, in Saskatchewan, um, I've been over to New Zealand. I got to do film a lot of like a tar and Mm -hmm. like, a red stag, like, I don't know. It's just 
when everything comes together, that excitement is just, it's just as much as if I was killing it. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's probably my favorite thing. That's a long winded answer of it. No. The worst thing. Hmm. The worst thing. Or your least favorite part. The least favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I want to say. <laughs> Carrying a camera. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking the amount of gear. <laughs> yeah, carrying all that I gear. love producing. I love filming. Yeah. But in the same breath, I hate it. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to sound weird, but I, like, I love it, but I, I don't like it because... I'm a hunter at my core too. I want to be hunting a lot, yeah. but no, I shouldn't even say that. I don't hate it. it, but yes, the amount of gear that I have to take with me is r- ridiculous. Yeah, I have three lenses in my pack at all times. Yeah, lenses, batteries, you know, batteries, <laughs> uh, batteries for. I have two cam, usually two cameras. I got a main and a secondary. Yep. I've got that camera in my pack. Um, a lens on that. If that was to drop, you know, you're gonna break something like yeah. uh, audio. Honestly, I shouldn't say I hate filming. I hate the the setup stuff. Yeah. Like, let's just do it raw. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, there is time and a place to do the setup beauty stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't, that doesn't excite me as much anymore. It's like, yeah. I just want the raw, like, let's, let's, the hunt. Let's, yeah. let's capture it how it happens. Not that we don't do that, but there are some things you have to recreate as far as, Okay, you know, we just shot a deer. I wasn't able to get you to pull him back on it. Like, yeah. let's do the pullback. Let's do the clip and the release and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the somewhat of the producing is kind of can get monotonous. But yeah, I would probably say that. Yeah. Huh. yeah. If you ask me tomorrow, I'll probably be something different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. No, I, I just was curious about that because you've had plenty of time to, you know, walk in those shoes and. And be put through just about everything, like you said. You've you've done the you've done whitetail, you know, tree stand. You've been in New Zealand. You've done yeah. a bunch of that stuff. So I'm sure that there were. There's a. It's it's. I still have fun. Honestly, I really love to film in the fall. Mm-hmm. I really like. I I don't really like sitting at a computer and editing, but I really like to edit. I like to bring it to life and post. Mm-hmm. Um. And when I started my career, it was the exact opposite. Didn't really care to edit. Really wanted to film more. But now, I really like seeing it come to life. Playing with music, playing with sound effects, playing with like different. Getting you when you're watching it to feel a different emotion. Mm-hmm. Like I like doing that. Yeah. Like it's that's fun for me. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I like sitting with somebody too. That's kind of that nice. is fun. You know, I've hunted with someone, you know, majority of the time for the last 11 years, (laughs) a lot. Like the only time I don't hunt with someone, if I just go film myself out here in Michigan and it might be five, six, seven times a year, that's it, you know, but other than that, I am with someone every time it is fun. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, breaking the action. It's like, you're just bullshitting in the tree, whispering and like, you know, you're always playing around like last year, Casey, and we always make like... I always try to get Casey to kill the first three-year-old that comes in, yeah. like, because he won't. Yeah. And I just so last year I took it a step higher. <laughs> we're in Ohio and we're sitting on one of the uh, one of our food plots, and this stud 
of a th- I mean, this deer wasn't a day over three and a half years old. Yeah. Like he was, I mean, I'm pretty sure he just left his mom. Yeah. <laughs> but this deer is low to mid one forties. Yeah. Okay. And this deer comes out just asking for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's within bow range. I'm up over Casey's shoulder. Okay. And Casey's just watching him. If you can picture me, like I'm, I'm a little higher than Casey behind him. He's just watching, you know, just standing there, hands on his lap. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, he, he sees his bow come in his peripheral vision, and like it comes slides right in between him. I took his bow, grabbed it. He didn't see me grab it, and I swung it over in front of him, <laughs> and I said, "Just touch it. <laughs> just touch it. Just take it." <laughs> and he starts going. <laughs> <laughs> and he's you know trying not to laugh yeah as this deer's at 30 yards oh, you know funny. so it's those times that him and i have so much fun together yeah. that like the stories are endless yeah. like oh man i'll never forget that that was a good one yeah. um i tried getting him to shoot that deer but i'll you know even the first deer of the year if it's a if it's a two and a half year old like a hundred inch eight pointer case <laughs> you know just just letting you know, my my line is this is my line. I go, if you were wondering, you can shoot this deer. Like yeah, it's I'm okay with me. <laughs> yeah, I either say I'm on him or it's like, you got my blessing. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's and he just he does that, <laughs> like you know the laugh. Like he doesn't want. It's funny. You know, it's a lot of seriousness stuff, but you got to have that. Yeah. Funny break the monotony. Yeah. You know, and it's just those little things. He does the same thing to me. And it's funny because when he filmed me for seven days in Iowa, uh, you know, with the Hambino, it was like the roles reversed. I was stressed out because I was the hunter. He was back there just like, you know, this is easy, you know, and like (laughs) this, I need to film more often. And I'm like, well, but no, he, I think being part of a, being like a cameraman field producer, like if you have a main guy or girl that you film, like part of your role is is being able to like be the positive like you know be the person that's like the up Mm -hmm. upbringing not upbringing but like uplifter upbeat yeah yeah, like um you're the person that needs to kind of like rally the troops sometimes just because hunting when you're doing it like we are like i don't know how many days we're hunting a lot you know it's it just becomes groundhog's day sometimes and it's like you look for that little edge to like get you out of the element of like okay hey let's go to the store let's grab a Reese's Pieces cup and let's get a fountain drink you know and it's like let's get some comfort food and like let's let's get a let's get a you know like you kind of kind of got some music and yeah 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 you know we'll we'll run country music most of the time but then we'll break out like you know 50 cent or ti or you know go back to tupac or you know baby mama's a good good song from you know that's biggie yeah. and yeah. all those guys like easy like you got to bring out those stuff yeah so that's that's probably one of my my favorite parts too just those memories that you make so that's cool yeah that's cool well, you said you had like 15 questions for me but i i i did but I, we're at an hour and 10 minutes oh wow 
I better wrap this thing we, up. And then. I don't want to get too <laughs> too far into it. So, yeah. no, I think this would be good. Time I, flies on a podcast. I said that does. to you today, and I never would have guessed we're an hour and ten in. It so. does. And you want me to build your bow, so we got to yeah. do that. Yep. But, yeah, so let's wrap it up. Appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think it was a good one. Hopefully yeah. everybody out there doesn't, like, <laughs> yeah. flop me like this. I'm not going to listen to this <laughs> yeah. guy again, you know. But, uh, you'll know in the numbers. Help yeah. me, guys. Bump it up. <laughs> yeah. Aaron will help me back. Pump <laughs> me up. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, uh, I do want to say before we get off here, thank you for all the support and all the downloads. It is greatly appreciated. And don't forget, go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. That would be also greatly appreciated. Thank you guys very much. And don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast. Mm-hmm.